So I knew what I was going to preach tonight. Did you know what I was going to preach tonight? No. Well, we sang songs, and I thought it was pretty neat. We sang a song called Higher Ground. And it says, I'm pressing on the upward way. And then he chose another song, I've anchored in Jesus. And in the third verse, it says, by faith, I'm looking upward. Beyond life's troubled sea, there I behold a haven prepared for me. And I thought that was interesting because using Psalm chapter 23 and verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God began to deal with my heart and maybe it'll take me a second to explain what I'm going to preach, but the, the songs will make sense. So the world is filled with mountains, mountains. High pointing is an actual sport. Have you ever heard of high pointing? Someone will take the highest points of an area and they will ascend all of the high points. For example, the seven summits. So each of the seven summits of the seven continents and they will ascend to the high points. And there's people that have done that. Everest being the tallest, right? Well, others will ascend to the highest point in each state. Do you know that there's a high point in Florida? Ooh, get ready. Britain Hill. Have you been to Britain Hill, sister? No. Near Pensacola, brother? Highest point in Florida. Get ready. Wait for it. 345 feet above sea level. It is the lowest high point in the United States. <laughs> Far lower than many skyscrapers in Miami. So well, why are you talking about high points? Because you see, God is a God of order. And I read to you from Psalm chapter 23, and it talks about the psalmist walking through a geographical area. What? A valley. Well, in geography, a valley is a landmark between two what? High points or mountains. Now, God is a God of order. I don't believe the Bible is thrown together like jello on a wall and seeing what sticks. These are things that were written a thousand years before Christ was crucified, and they still have relevance 2,000 years after Christ was crucified and rose from the dead. So, like an order, like why is, you've, you've heard that joke, why is six, the number six, scared of the number seven? You don't know? My daughter would tell you. Because seven, eight, nine. So there's an order there. See, God does things decently and in order. Even in the book of Genesis, you find out Adam didn't get married till he had two things. God gave him his word. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is in the midst of the garden. And the day that you do that, you're going to die. And what else did he give him? He made him a keeper of the garden. He gave him his word. And then he gave him a job before he got married. God did things in order. Well, if you look at Psalm 23, it's a valley psalm. And then if you look at Psalm 22 and Psalm 24, it's interesting. They're mountain psalms. Psalm 22 talks about Mount Calvary. And Psalm 24 talks about 
the hill of the Lord. So using all of that and what brother shared with the songs, higher ground that I'm looking beyond. I'm like, wow, that's right in there. I want to preach. I'm not walking through the valley. I'm just changing mountains. I'm just changing mountains. So we look in uh, Psalm 22. The first thing about changing mountains is I know where I came from. You see in Psalm 23, if you look back to the psalm before that, in Psalm 22, it is the psalm of a mountain. You know, a guy said, I went to a comedy routine about mountains. And he said, well, how'd it go? He said, I was skeptical at first, but I have to admit, when the routine reached its peak, there were some high-level jokes. You see, when we, we look back to Psalm 22, Although the location of Mount Calvary is much disputed, ask you, many historians, they'll tell you it's here and it's there. Calvary means the place of a skull or Golgotha, and it's where Jesus was crucified. Psalm 22, written in about 1000 BC, a thousand years before Christ was crucified. If you read the first verse, Psalm 22, verse 1, it says, My God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? Now, for those familiar with what Jesus said on the cross, if you go a thousand years, fast forward, you'll find that when he was in that mountain outside of Jerusalem, he cried, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which being interpreted is what the psalm said. My God, my God, Why hast thou forsaken me? Psalm 22 said in verse 16, The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. No, Jesus wasn't crucified on accident. He fulfilled the prophecy from the mountain psalm. So if I'm just changing mountains, the first thing is, I know where I came from. You see, as a Christian, it's very important when we're going through the ups and downs of life to remember that we came from Mount Calvary. Mount Calvary came before the valley. See, we're all going to face valleys in life. Maybe you're going through one now. But as there are high points and low points in geography, there are high points and low points mirrored in the human experience. I preach, you don't have to tell me that. Well, it's true, isn't it? And the God of nature is mirrored in spiritual things. So if we have high points, we're going to have low points. But you see, I'm not walking through the valley. I'm just changing mountains. The first thing you need to do is you have to know where you came from. In Psalm 22, it talks about Calvary. You know, who made you determines your value. Not what you're going through. If Enzo Ferrari made you, you have value. But preacher, it's rusted. Doesn't matter. You're worth a lot of money. If Ferruccio Lamborghini made you, you have value. In fact, we heard one out there just screeching around. It was probably more than $9,995, right? If Antonio Stradivari made you... Now, he didn't make cars. You know what he made? He made violins, okay? But if he made you, you're actually worth more than a Ferrari 
or a Lamborghini. I think they go for like 15, 20, 30, 40 million dollars. I don't know if Ferraris go for that much, but if it's your maker that makes you valuable, if Leonardo da Vinci made you, I don't know what they're going for. What? 150 million dollars. I mean, it's so crazy and it probably hangs in the bathroom of a Saudi sheik. In, you know, somewhere in, in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. But it's because of your maker. You see, the Psalm 100 says, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Now, if God made us, and we might be broken, and we might be rusted, and we might be torn up, or we might need repair, which is what happened when man sinned in the Garden of Eden. God thought that we were of so much value because our maker was God and we we're made in his image that Jesus came not with silver and not with gold but with the, the precious blood that Jesus Christ shed that Sister Bigelow sang about the blood will never use its power, lose its power but with, we weren't redeemed or bought with corruptible things like silver and gold but First Peter says but with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. You see, we have to realize if God made us, I'm valuable. Then if God made us, he's going to think I'm valuable enough to redeem me or buy me back. The reason that Jesus came to Calvary, it was prophesied of a thousand years before he did it, but he did it because you were valuable to him. Humans are valuable to God. The problem really isn't Democrats or Republicans. And people will tell you that. You know what the problem isn't black people or white people? The problem is sin. And Jesus came to fix the problem on the cross. And you see, the Bible tells us where man went wrong, but the Bible also tells us how man can get right. And you see, I know where I'm coming from. I'm just changing mountains. I gave my life to Jesus. Now, you see, climbing a mountain takes commitment. In fact, they have a word, mediocre. You know what it means? People would climb these mountains. And I remember... We were having a, uh, we don't have snow days, but we have hurricane days. So there was a hurricane day in Florida. You know what I did? I told my wife, I'm going to run up the stairs a thousand times. Remember that? And so I started. Did you finish? Yes, halfway. <laughs> Man, you get tired after like two hours. I think I made it to like 500. My wife's like, why don't you just quit? So it's her fault, right? No, but I quit. Well, you see, when they climb in mountains in Switzerland and France, they have chalets there. And that's where you can, you can take your boots off and you can, you can warm yourself. And after people do that, they, they take their boots off and they're like, wow, this feels pretty good. I don't think I want to go back out there and finish climbing the mountain. So mediocre means halfway up the mountain. But you see, Jesus didn't stop halfway up the mountain, but he bore his cross. And when he couldn't carry it any longer, it was carried by another. But Jesus went all the way in the price of commitment. And if God went all the way for me, guess what? I can go all the way for him. But you see, you can focus and magnify the Lord. I'm in the valley, but the valley's not in me. I am just changing mountains. You see, I know where I came from, but also the psalmist, he had come from Psalm 22. 
but he knew where he was going. You see, the valley is just a place, not that I'm going through so much, but a place that I'm using to go to somewhere. He knew where he was going. You see, Psalm 24 is another mountain psalm. Let me read it in one verse. Psalm 24 and verse 3, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? You see, in Psalm 22, we have Mount Calvary. And then there's a valley in Psalm 23. In Psalm 24, we have God's hill. It's really a mountain, isn't it? The Bible said that it's 12,000 furlongs high. What's a furlong? Doesn't that sound like something from the south? How far is it? Well, it's furlong right down there. I think, well, a mile is eight furlongs. Now, now this is the truth. A furlong was the amount of ground that a team of oxen could plow in one day. And it's the eighth. It was established by some authority, probably the queen, as an eighth of a mile. Okay, that's what a furlong is. So the Bible measures the heavenly city, the hill of the Lord, as 12,000 furlongs, four squares. So uh, deep, wide, and high. So well, how high is that? Well, 12,000 furlongs divided by eight gives you 1,500 miles high. Well, that's a mountain. I don't think I'm climbing there with stair runs, right? Well, Everest is high. Yeah, Everest is high. Everest is about 5.5 miles high. And then the, the hill of the Lord is 1,500 miles high. There's a little difference there. You see, we find out that God says, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. But you see what the psalmist was looking for. He said, I'm going through the valley. But he said, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He said, I've come from Mount Calvary. My sins have been redeemed. I'm a new creature. I'm going through the valley, but it's not where I'm going from necessarily. It's not what I'm going through now. It's where I'm going to. You see, I'm just changing mountains. When I'm going through something that's, you know, and we've all faced that, right? We're going through something that's unpleasant. Welcome to life. But you see, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on where I'm going. It's just to another high point. I'm going to ascend to the hill of the Lord. There's a promise for every man, every woman that gives their life to God that although things happen, this too shall pass and God's going to come through. You see that when you're changing mountains, not only you know where you came from, but you know where you're going. You know where you're going. Like one man, he was just... He was, uh, he was rowing furiously in the lake. And they said, a, a, a police boat pulled up next to him. And he said, man, where are you going? He said, I don't know, but I'm making good time. You know, a lot of times people, they're furious and they're like a gerbil. Have you seen the gerbil in the wheel? But they're not going anywhere. They're just, and that can make us really frustrated. But when we say, you know what, every day I'm reading my Bible. I'm making sure that I stay sweet to God. I'm being forgiving. Why? Because one day I'm going to sit in that mansion. One day I'm going to speak with Jesus face to face. I know where I'm going. I'm not in the valley. I'm not discouraged. I'm just changing mountains. And the last thing, I know who's going with me. I know who's going with me. You see, that same psalmist, he was echoed later by the Apostle Paul. He was in a storm. 
in the book of Acts chapter 27 and he, he, he was talking to some other people who were kind of discouraged in this storm. They thought they were going to die. And he said, for there stood my me this night, the angel of God. Now notice this, whose I am and whom I serve. Now that's your key to victory in God. You have to say, God, I belong to you. And God, I serve you. And then Paul said, okay. Saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe, God, that it shall be even though as it was told me. Paul said, hey, I'm not in the valley. I'm just changing mountains. And the God that got me to one place is the God that's going to get me to the other place. And you know what? I'm not going through it. I'm going to it. And the David said, uh, the Lord, he's my shepherd. And he said, I shall not want you know what that means? That means that everything's just going to work out because God's going to take care of it because God's going to take care of me. So I'm not walking through the valley. I'm just changing mountains. But with heads bowed and eyes closed.